and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. It's the 30th anniversary of Jasper in January this year, so we'll head to Jasper to find out how they plan to celebrate. Plus, we'll learn all about small luxury hotels of the world. There's actually a company called Small Luxury Hotels, so we'll find out about some of their new recent hotel openings. But to start our podcast, I want to talk about the one thing we all need when we're traveling, and that's money. So we're going to get some tips on exchanging your money while traveling, using ATMs and your credit cards. So to help us out with all of that is Steve Romain. He's a regular traveler and founder of the website TransfersToGo.com. Hi, Steve. Hi, Randy. How's it going? Good, thank you. You do a lot of traveling, and I think the one thing that uh, you always need when traveling is money. (laughs) So let's start with just before you leave, getting currency. Uh, I know it's probably easy just to go to a bank if you're traveling to the U.S., get U.S. dollars or to Europe, you can get some euros. That's not uh, a big problem. Uh, What about when you're going to maybe an odd country that, you know, banks just don't carry their currency? That's right, Randy. So I think, you know, before you head off to who, who knows where you're going, you need to do a little bit of research to figure out, uh, you, know, do, or, you know, you have to think about, do you want to go get that money ahead of time and ask your bank if they carry, um, you know, a particular currency, or do you want to take the risk when you get there and get the currency, say, from an ATM or a currency exchange or whatever? So there might be a little pre-research before your trip. I often do a little bit of this, but almost always I'll go to an ATM when I get there. I find that's the most convenient way of obtaining cash. Mm-hmm. So um, it all depends, again, you know, where you're going. So, for example, Mexico. You can go to your bank now and you could say, I need so many pesos because I'm going down there for two weeks and I think I might be you know, leaving the resort and I might be doing some stuff and eating some food in town. And, you know, that's one good way to get the currency, but you're going to walk into the country with a big wad of cash. And yeah, well. You may not want. And <laughs> on the other end, you may not use very much of it and then you have a big wad of cash to bring back home that's useless in Canada. Mm-hmm, true. So, so, you know, that's one option. Another thing that, um, you know, is from the past is traveler's checks. And I don't, you know, I do see them once in a while, but they're a pretty rare commodity now. So I'd say stay far away from those as they're a dying breed. And the other one, of course, is your credit card. And it all depends on your style of travel. If you're going to five-star resorts and things like that, they will take your credit card. If you're, you know, going to the flash packers or going and eating street food or going to the market to buy some trinkets, mm-hmm. that's going to be a cash-only thing. And, you know, using the local currency is going to be your best bet. You know, so if you're in Mexico, use pesos. Don't use U.S. dollars because you're going to get a much better rate. The vendors can be happy because they can use that money right away. They're not, they don't have to go to the bank and convert it over and take a hit on the conversion and everything. Else. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing uh, I've found in Mexico, if you have U.S. dollars, they give you your change back in pesos, so you may not be <laughs> getting the proper change. And uh, uh, you make a good point about uh, the cash before you leave. Uh, you know, it's it's. I guess it depends on your personality, how much you want to carry. But how much would you would you sort of suggest to, to carry when when you enter the country? Wow, that is a really good question. It really depends on your travel style, and again, a little bit of research beforehand helps. And, you know, when I go, you know, there's, if you use an ATM or a currency exchange abroad, there's some fees involved. And, you know, it's this delicate balance between, okay, I'll go to an ATM abroad, and my bank may ding me five bucks for using that ATM, and the, the foreign bank might ding me five bucks to use that ATM. And then there's a currency conversion fee on top that, that you're going to pay anywhere, right? It's mm-hmm. So you're going to be hit with that regardless if it's credit card, ATM, cash in your bank, whatever. You're going to hit, be hit with that, so you kind of just ignore that one and just accept it as part of traveling. 
So really the question is, when you get there, I'm going to pay an exorbitant fee just to get the money out of the machine or at the currency exchange. So how much do you take out? If you take out a hundred bucks equivalent in Canadian, you know, and you burn through it in a day, and you're back to another machine, you know, that's a ten percent charge on top of that. You know, mm-hmm. Ow, you know, versus some places. And I'll give an example here. I was in Norway a couple of years ago. I never once touched local currency, credit card for everything, no ATM cards or anything else. It was credit card for everything. It was wonderful. Everything was just tap and go. And I never touched the local currency because you know, on the credit card, you're paying two and a half, three and a half percent conversion fee. On the ATM, you're paying the same thing, so it just made sense to have the credit card. And then I didn't have a wad of cash, you know, I didn't have a wad of kroner coming back home to say, what do I do with this stuff? Mm-hmm. And that was in Norway, you said, yeah? Yes, that was in Norway. Iceland was much similar. I was there as well. And, uh, and I guess, too, with, when it comes to using your credit card, if there's any disputes, the credit card companies can, can handle that for you, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's one good thing when you're traveling. You know, make sure you, you know, save the receipts if you get them. But when you come home, log into your bank and say, oh, yeah, that looks good, that looks good. Well, what's this charge, right? And you can go back and, and ask some questions about that and open up the dispute. I've had many friends that have had, you know, you don't know what goes on in foreign countries, right? Maybe someone scams your credit card and, you know, six months later a charge gets thrown on there. You never know, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if they're not using, if you're still using the you sign the back of the paper kind of thing, as, as opposed to the chip technology. Mm-hmm. Well, and you make a good point about the ATMs. Every time you use the ATM, you're going to be, get dinged for all those little service charges, and it's pretty hard to avoid them, no matter how you exchange your your money. So it's something you just sort of got to be aware of. But uh, yeah, you, you want to take out enough cash to last you, but. Um, you know, if you're going to the ATM every day, you're going to really get dinged with all those service well, charges, this, right? You might be going places where there are no ATMs. So, for example, you might land the airport, load up on cash, and you're going to some remote place where there is no bank to be found. Mm-hmm. You've got to plan this out ahead. One of the things I will mention to save money, there's a couple tricks on the ATM. If you're going to use the ATM, and that, this is what I do. I never get the cash in advance. I always use the ATM. Some banks offer significant discounts for using their card abroad. So, for example, um, for those that are Scotiabank clients, Scotiabank's um, part of this global ATM alliance, which basically says you can go to a Scotiabank in another country or one of our alliance banks, and there's several of them around the world, and you can use our card to take out money, and there's no fee from Scotiabank, and there's no fee from the other bank. Let them know you're traveling as well if you're using your credit card. Or yes, good point. Flag, I, I'm off to Egypt. Yeah. Heads up that you know there might be some charges. They'll ask you the dates and times you're going, and that's really good so you don't get there and, oh, the machine, mm-hmm. give me cash. And that's the other thing. Always bring a backup card from another bank. Be sure that you know if one card gets eaten by the machine or you try the pin too many times and it doesn't work, you have a backup. You always have that backup. Good advice, Steve Romain. He's the owner of TransfersToGo.com. Uh, pleasure chatting, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much, Randy. So if you like to pamper yourself when on vacation and book those smaller, more intimate luxury hotels, there's a company right up your alley. They're called Small Luxury Hotels of the World. The website is slh.com. And the Vice President of Business Development in America's Region for Small Luxury Hotels is Kenan Simmons. He joins us now. Hi, Kenan. How are you today, sir? I'm well. I'm excited to learn about small luxury hotels. Uh, just give us uh, some general background on the brand itself. I know the name says it all, small luxury hotels, but I'm sure there's more to it than that. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the brand small luxury hotels has been in business for a little over 30 years. 
Uh, we're a curated group of smaller luxury properties uh, with a total of 520 plus hotels in over 72 countries. Uh, majority of our hotels, which I would say about 85% of them, um, are independently owned, meaning they're owned by one person, they're mm. owned by a family. Uh, we don't really work with chain hotels, so our hotels really reflect the individuality of the, the ownership or the ownership group um, that, that, that owns and operates the properties. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's part of the criteria. Mostly you're independent. What are some of the things you look for to, to qualify as a small luxury hotel? Well, I think when we're looking at a, at a possible member hotel, obviously, you know, as it says in the name, the hotel needs to, uh, you know, have a luxury criteria, both as far as the quality of the physical product, as well as the service. But I think what makes us stand out compared to a lot of the, the other chains that are out there is that we really look for the uniqueness of the hotel, the uniqueness being, you know, in the design. Um, a lot of our hotels are design driven, but also the uniqueness of the destination. We're not looking to be where everybody else is looking. Yes, we have hotels in London, Paris, and, you know, all the major cities around the world. Mm-hmm. But again, I think if you look at our hotels compared to, you know, some of the other hotels out there, they, they really had their own individual character and they, they have a taste and feel of, of the region or the location where the hotels are. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a lot of new ones opening up and, 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 and well, like you said, you're all over the world. So there's a lot to choose from. So uh, let's talk about some of the new hotels. I'm going to leave it up to you because there's so many. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the ones that you look at that you're excited about? Well, I think if you look at, at the group, we added about 50 hotels um, this year um, into the portfolio. And, you know, based on where you are up in, in Canada, I assume it's getting quite cold up there now. So we have some great warm weather destinations not too far from Canada, such as Castle Hot Springs in Castle Hot Springs, Arizona, which is about 45 minutes from Scottsdale Airport, a new property that um, is, is opening in January um, in the next week or so. Beautiful little hotel, casita-type rooms. Um, And what's unique about this property is it's surrounded by a natural hot spring, uh, which is accessible to all the guests. But in in some of the rooms, they're actually pumping water from the hot springs into these beautiful outdoor um, soaking tubs. So really to to take away from the chill of of the the cold Canadian winter, it's a nice spot for you. Uh, We also have the Salino, which is, again, a new hotel opening in South Beach down in Miami um, on Fifth Street, right on the ocean. So very, very unique type of property there. We also have a hotel called the Hotel 360 in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 12 villas which are set up at um, treetop level in the rainforest and overlook the Pacific coast. So again, another nice destination when you're looking to get out of the, you know, the cold Canadian winter. And then of course we have, you know, properties such as the Frederick, um, which joined us um, in New York City down Mm -hmm. in Tribeca, 130 rooms, uh, we have, you know, a variety of products. Um, the the Hotel Grand Powers in, in France, um, in the heart of Paris. We have the Sukhothai in Shanghai, China, which opened in April of this year. 201 rooms. The Hotel Milan in Rome, which is an 18-room hotel that is absolutely stunning. Uh, we have the Franklin in London. It's not a new hotel, but new for us. Mm-hmm. Um, 35 rooms in, in the heart of in the heart of um, 
London. So again, I think if you look at the SLH portfolio with 520 hotels and 72 plus countries, we, we have something for everybody. <laughs> you have a lot to choose from. I noticed too, the size does range. I think people have a, a maybe a picture in their mind what a small luxury hotel would be, but you have some that are, you know, a couple hundred rooms. So they're not necessarily the small, small kind of hotels that people might think of, right? Well, correct. Our, our average size is about 52 rooms. And when people ask me, well, well, what's the criteria? What's a small hotel? And I, I always tell people, you know, small is really relative depending on where you are. If you look at a destination like Las Vegas, a small hotel in Las Vegas is a thousand rooms. Mm -hmm, True. So, uh, you know, if I look at the SLH portfolio, we have hotels that range in size from four villas all the way up to 285 rooms. So, um, it really depends on, on where you're going and, and what you're looking for. But I think we do have something for everybody. And you break them down, too, on your website. I'm just looking, uh, again, the website is slh.com, uh, not only by destination, but what people might be looking for. If they're looking for an adults-only or they're looking for a beach resort or family-friendly, it's all broken down that way as well to, to help find what you're looking for, that huge and, list. And we, break it down, and we break it down even further. We break it down, you know, if you're looking for a private island. Uh, we had a new property join us off the coast of Nicaragua called Ka'ala, Ka'ala, Hai, Ka'ala Island, which is actually a private island um, with uh, four villas. They have a Michelin star chef. I mean, just a beautiful hotel and, and really an escape. Uh, we break it down as far as modern design hotels, golf resorts, all-inclusive, um, hotels with rooftop bars. I mean, you name it. And, and like I said, we have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, again, I'm looking at your website too. This is where you can book right on there. Uh, do your hotels, uh, I may be putting you on the spot here, but uh, they can't find them on general booking sites like booking.com or hotels.com or anything like that. You book right from the uh, SLH website, right? We, we encourage you to book through the SLH website because obviously there are benef- better benefits um, if you enjoy, if you join our invited program, that includes things like upgrades and, and free breakfast. Um, so there are benefits to booking with us. In addition to that, we just formed a marketing partnership with Hyatt, where all SLH hotels are listed on Hyatt.com and Hyatt call centers. So if you are a member of the World of Hyatt uh, loyalty program, you are now able to earn and burn points at specific small luxury hotels. Tell me about the mystery inspectors. Well, our mystery inspectors, I mean, that's how we really keep up the quality of our hotels. Each hotel is inspected yearly. Um, It is a mystery inspection, so our our inspectors go in unannounced. Um, And our inspectors are a little bit different because they're not your traditional um, trained hotel inspectors. Yes, they are trained by Forbes and they Forbes uh, standards, and but but they're from they're actual business people or people who travel a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of lawyers, a lot of doctors, so they go into the hotels and and really take a look at it from the guest uh, point of view, both from a physical product as well as you know, are we meeting you know the standards and service that mm-hmm. you know a luxury traveler would look for. Well, it sounds really exciting. Um, tell, is there anything I'm, I'm missing that you might want to add? No, I, like I said, I would I would encourage your guests to come to slh.com. I mean, there, there's a wealth of information there. Um, come explore, come dream a little bit, and you know, pick your new new vaca- your next vacation with small luxury hotels. Uh, Kenan Sim- Simmons is the vice president of business development and America's region for small luxury hotels of the world. 
Again, that website is slh.com. Pleasure chatting with you, Ken, and thank you. Pleasure here, and we look forward to seeing you at a small luxury hotel. Well, it's the 30th anniversary of Jasper in January this year, so to find out how they plan to celebrate, we are very pleased to welcome to the podcast Tulin Steastall. She is the Director of Business Development for Tourism Jasper. The website is jasper.travel. Hi, Tulin. Good morning. So, uh, Jasper in January, 30 years. I didn't realize that, but that's a, that's a great milestone. It's a really fantastic milestone for Jasper. So, uh, obviously, you've learned a lot over the 30 years, I would think, and it's different now than from when it first started, I I would imagine, right? Well, I can't say that I was around 30 years ago, so please don't date me like that, (laughs) Randy, but but no, definitely the the community has learned a lot in those those 30 years, and um, we've we've had 30 years of planning to, to make this a really fantastic festival with all kinds of new additions to it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I, I'm, I'm new to Jasper in January. I've been to Jasper, but not in January, and certainly not uh, over the celebrations that you uh, have planned. So tell me the basics. If, I, if I'm going up there, what do I need to know? Well, perfect. The festival itself kicks off on January 10th, and it runs until the 27th. So anyone who wants to come up to the festival has got three full weeks to enjoy the festivities. Um, This year, because it is the 30th anniversary, we've got something called After Dark, and this is a a big celebration. It's free shows all festival long, and these shows are everything from bands, DJs, comedians, um, all taking place in the evening. And again, all of those shows are free, and it's just something that you can go on the website and uh, nab those tickets, print them off, and present them at the various doors of various venues. Awesome. Well, I, I was just going to say, uh, I imagine a great place to start would be your website, jasper.travel, because I am looking on there, and uh, the free shows stands out under the uh, After Dark segment. So these are all indoors, I'm thinking, right? There are a couple that will be outdoors. Uh, we do have a big street party that will be taking place. Um, so there will be the, the Atco Street Party with a, a theme um, of 1989, so we're asking people to dress up in their the finest 80s wear when this festival originated. But there will be fireworks, there'll be DJs, there's a road closure, um, there's going to be an ice bar, there's also going to be booths with food from local restaurants and hot drinks and all kinds of local products. So that's going to definitely be outdoors, that Atco Street Party. It seems like there's something going on every day and every night, so it doesn't matter when you plan to go up there during Jasper in January, you'll find something to do, right? Uh, exactly. There's something to do to pr- throughout the, the three weeks, as well as, so not just the, the After Dark celebrations, but there's everything from a, a wellness weekend that will be taking place, uh, various evenings. There's also going to be a, a Festival of the Galaxies where folks can hang out with astronomy experts and gaze up at the, the night sky. Um, so there's all kinds of things that are going on, and as well as um, various discounts that are being offered. We all love Ski Marmot Basin, and they're doing a $20 off daily lift tickets as well for the duration of the festival. So no greater time to come out. We've got a, a ton of powder we've been hit with the last few days. So we know that uh, conditions are going to be really great for uh, for everyone to, to hit Ski Marmot Basin as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and looking again uh, on the uh, the night stuff, uh, is it says the entrance, as you mentioned, is free, but it's based on first-come, 1st first serve basis. So I guess if you want, if there's a show or a specific uh, person you want to see, you want to make sure that you uh, get there 
uh, in time and, and, and make sure you get your, your space, right? I totally agree. So there, there are a few things. I'm not uh, any of the um, musicians or, or bands or anything that have sold out yet, but we're anticipating that they will. So, yeah, if people pick those dates that they want to come up to Jasper in January, I encourage folks to, to get online and, and grab their free tickets as, as soon as possible. And also their hotel rooms, you want to stay for the weekend or stay for more than a weekend, come out and enjoy it and, and be sure to get your tickets as soon as possible. And we've got some really great Canadian favorites. So we've got a headliner Sloan that's going to be playing the first weekend. Mm-hmm. And we've also got the odds um, just to kind of give a bit of a sampling of, of who we're going to have um Playing mm-hmm. live, so yeah, yeah. yeah we, it's it's some really great Canadian favorites. So, and I think what better backdrop than than Jasper and also the After Dark celebrations to to come see these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you mentioned the the street party and fireworks again. This is is this on the main street of of Jasper? I mean, Jasper's not a big town, so I guess it doesn't take a whole lot to cover the town with a street party, does it? No, so the, the street closure will be taking place on Patricia. And so if you're in town, we basically have one main street that cannot, that runs east to west. And then we've got Patricia Street that basically it's, it's completely um, eastbound traffic on that one. But that's the one that will be completely closed. So you're right in the heart or the, the center of, of the downtown core of Jasper. Mm-hmm. Um, so centrally located, easy walking distance to all the restaurants and uh, hotels and other attractions that we've got in town. Uh, that part is free. Not everything is free, though. Do I, is there certain things I do need ticket for, tickets for? Yeah, there's a few events that we have, and some of these are on the verge of being sold out right now just because they've, uh, they are mainstays of the Jasper and January Festival. One of them is the Whiskey, Wine & Hops. So folks can go online. There's a, a festival. It's, um, three, so that event itself is three hours long. Tickets are, you've got to purchase for that. There are different um, beer tasting events that are taking place. Um, they're not expensive, the tickets, but... Uh, Definitely want to go online and, and, and check them out. And like you said, some of them are already selling out or on the verge of selling out. So I encourage people to, to get online and, and grab those tickets as soon as possible. So what is Frosty's Fat Bike Race? <laughs> <laughs> Just as it says, we I don't know if, if everyone's familiar with fat biking, but instead of having those the small n- narrow tires you'd see on a, a mountain bike, um, it's, uh, it's bigger tires that can get through the the snow and, and winter conditions. And so it takes place um, a, around the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. And it's, an, it's a race, just like you said. <laughs> it sounds, uh, just the name of it, I think, it sounds interesting. But there's also other things that you mentioned. Uh, obviously, there's great skiing because there's a lot of snow out there right now. But ice climbing, uh, I'm looking again on your website, just a whole list of things. Tell me a little bit about the ice climbing. Yeah, we've got a, a local supplier here, Rockaboo Adventures. And what uh, Rockaboo will take folks out and, and have a, a bit of a climbing excursion. Um, it's something that has to get booked in advance. And, of course, because it is an excursion, um, it, uh, there is a cost that is associated to it. But you go out with some really great guides for a, a fun and safe experience of uh, climbing on a frozen waterfall. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds exciting. Um, tell me about some of your favorite activities you like to do. Well, as a, as a, a new local here into Jasper, um, my favorite activities for winter, one of them for sure is the Moline Canyon, the ice walk. I think it's, it's spectacular. There's not many other places in the world that you can do it and to have that here in, in your backyard. So Moline Canyon is a, a definitely popular location for people to explore in the summertime. And in the summer, you're up above it, you're following you know, ladders and you're, you're following more like fencing and you're, you're keeping above the, you've got the vantage point of looking down into the canyon. Mm-hmm. But in the winter when everything is, is frozen, you're, you're literally surrounded by walls of frozen waterfalls and you're right on the, 
the water surface. It's frozen now and you get to go out there with a guide. And uh, it's just an amazing vantage point to, to experience that canyon. Well, you are a national park, too. And again, I'm getting all this information from your website. It's a wealth of information. So if anybody's interested in going, jasper.travel. But Parks Canada is offering a free entry, apparently, on the Friday, January 18th. Absolutely. So Parks Canada across Canada will have a, a free park day. And it just happens to coincide with our festival. So with Jasper in January. So you're right, on January 18th. Um, folks will still obviously drive through the park gate, um, but uh, the parks officials will give them a, a friendly smile and, and wave them through and, of course, be there to answer any questions they have for maps and any types of information that they want. But, yeah, there's there's no charge for cars and for folks to come through on January 18th into Jasper. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems to me that this is so much fun. The whole town must just get behind it, and no matter where you go in town, uh, you're going to find something to see and do, Right. It's a tried and true event, and yeah, the locals get really excited. The, the businesses come out and support it, um, and and we've had, like you said earlier, thirty years to to practice this. So I think that this one's going to be bigger and, and better than ever. Mm-hmm. Anything that I've missed that you might want to add? No, I, I think really it's a matter of folks going on online. We've done it. It is as you said. It's got all the details that are on there. Um, it's it's clearly laid out. Lots of details. The dates are clearly marked on there. So I just encourage folks to, to take a look through the website and uh, pick the dates on, on if there's something or someone that they want to see, one of the performers, one of the comedians, um, if there's a specific evening event that they want to take, uh, take part in, one of the After Dark shows, maybe that'll be their inspiration to, to theme their, their trip up to Jasper based on one of those performers. So I say get online, have a look, and uh, we'll see you Jasper in January. You've got three weeks to, to come up. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like lots of fun. Talene Steastall is the uh, Director of Business Development for Tourism Jasper. Again, that website is jasper.travel. Uh, congratulations on 30 years with Jasper in January, Talene, and enjoy yourself. Have fun. Thanks. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.